the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. Seeking help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of moving forward, which takes undeniable strength. That is a quote from the new book, When Faith Meets Therapy. We're talking with both authors today, Anthony Evans and Stacy Kaiser. Now, it may seem unusual at first, the pairing for a two-time Billboard gospel artist and a well-known psychotherapist to write a book together. But that's just what singer and author and worship leader Anthony Evans, along with licensed psychotherapist and TV personality Stacy Kaiser, have done in their new book, When Faith Meets Therapy. It's Find Hope in a Practical Path to Emotional, Spiritual, and relational healing. It is so good. I just dove into it just a little bit and already love it. So I'm excited to share that conversation with you today. First of all, Anthony is a well-known Christian musician and the son of world-renowned pastor, Dr. Tony Evans and Lois Evans. And Stacy is a sought-after professional media personality, speaker, they actually met five years ago when he was seeking emotional and relational and spiritual healing. And Stacy worked with him and led Anthony through a process of uh, really e- eternal renovation. And they continue to work together. And they've opened up the world to talk more about the partnership with this new book, When Faith Meets Therapy. And I love this. And we're going to dive into some questions a little bit later. But for me, this has just added to the healing journey for me and my relationship with therapy and healing with different things that have happened in my life. And I know it impacts so many people. So it's wonderful to have both of them on today. But before I get into that, I have to tell you about something totally random because you know I love health. You know, I I think that's the why I love the topic of, of mental health and healing so much because it goes into so many facets of our life and even some physical illnesses that we have start from the trauma that we hold in our body. So you you know I love the health stuff and um, I'm sitting here and I just had the most amazing little smoothie. So I'm like, I got to share the recipe with you because it's so good. And it's one of those, I didn't, th- I didn't think I was going to like this. I wasn't sure how this was going to taste. And I went in and said, okay, let's try it anyways. And it's basically a cauliflower smoothie. I know right away you're like, mm, that doesn't sound good. But it makes it makes it taste almost like a milkshake with the consistency when you add cauliflower. So 
I added, um, it's half a cup of mango, half a cup of cauliflower, frozen, both frozen. Then you do a teaspoon of vanilla. I added a fourth cup of chia seeds and then a cup of almond milk. And if you need to add a little extra water, it is so good. It's like my go-to lunch smoothie, healthy milkshake at the moment. So I thought I would share that fun little recipe um, as I continue on my health journey as well. Uh, Like I said, I think it goes so much into play with my healing journey and my journey into uh, talking with my therapist about different things. I actually do EMDR therapy for trauma that I've had in my life. And it's been so, so helpful. I see a Christian counselor and it's, it's helped me tremendously. And I love having open and honest conversations, especially with, you know, people that have such a, a platform to go out there and share it in so many different ways, just like this one with Faith Meets Therapy. So we're going to dive into this conversation today. It's a wonderful book. You can get it wherever books are sold, but they both share some really good nuggets to take with you today as you're on your own journey. So blessings to you and hope you enjoy this episode. Well, a very important conversation when faith meets therapy. Those of you who know me and hear me talk, you know this is a very, very important topic near and dear to my heart. And I'm so excited to have our guest today, Anthony Evans and Stacey Kaiser. Both, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Okay, so I'm so excited about this book. When I first heard about it, I said, "Oh, oh my goodness, I have to be a part of this. Um, because it's such an important topic. And Anthony, I think I'll just start with you because you grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. I did too. So I feel like I really connected with you on that level. My grandpa was a minister. And, you know, as I grew up, I feel, I did feel even into my teenage years and my early adulthood, there was still a little bit of a stigma attached to mental health (laughs) and seeing a therapist and as I grew up in the church, I always felt that. So when I heard you say that you felt that too, it just made me feel good that, okay, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so can you kind of just, I just want to start there because I know a lot of people listening have grown up in the church as well. Mm-hmm. And you you know, they feel that and it's, it's nothing you should feel a negative part about, you know, seeing and seeking mental health. Yeah. You know, I, I, I understand that. To a certain degree, why people in church and, and especially like like a very religious kind of situation would be like, oh my gosh, you're you're basically saying God's not enough by saying that you need therapy, and I don't think that that's the case at all. Like it's almost like having a vision issue and saying God's not enough for fi- to, to fix your eyes. It's like God has given you glasses, like you you God has given people the wisdom to create glasses, you can put those on and then you can see clearly. And I think God has given uh, Stacy an amount of wisdom and she did the work also. And, and, and he gave her a certain amount of empathy and she did the work also with that, that created, she's become her along with her expertise has become my glasses to see clearer um, what the next step is as related to walking in the path that God set in front of me. So that that's how I view therapy. And I had to get over the whole shame and all that stuff. And once I did that, uh, what's, what's happened in my life because I haven't allowed the stigma to keep me from moving forward um, has been exponential more, more than I could ever ask or imagine. I love in the book, you use a math tutor as an example. 
Yes. Yeah. My husband's a math teacher. So it was like, oh, that's a good way to explain it to people. It's like a, a teacher helping you in and guiding you along. And yeah. we all need that. Yes. In math, you're dealing with a book of truths full of equations that have been proven to work, but sometimes it's hard to figure out how to get it to work out. Like I had such a hard time and the tutor is what helped me pass. Like there's no shame in getting a tutor if it's going to help you pass. And that's what therapy has done as it relates to my faith. Yeah. And as same for me as well, Stacey, I kind of just want to talk to you about why a book like this is is so important. I mean, obviously through the years, you've seen so many different relationships and, and individuals. Why is a book like this so important for people? I think that this book is very important because I am very much a person who believes that as human beings, we need to do everything that we can personally to make ourselves, our relationships and our lives, you know, the best that they can be. And to me, therapy is a key part of that when people are struggling. I feel like right at this moment, the time is better than ever. You know, all of us around the world have experienced a global pandemic. And I have never been busier. I've never had more people ask me for therapy referrals because it even just the pandemic has magnified other people's people's problems. It's given people problems. And so just having an opportunity for support right now for everyone is important. That is so true. I was going to bring that up because I feel like it it all has pushed us to a breaking point. Uh-huh. Now, Anthony, you said you said something in, in the book and you, you, you referenced the Bible a lot, which I love about pushing through. And that's something that resonated with me a lot because I grew up with the whole mindset of what doesn't break me, makes me stronger, right? I just, I've, I go through everything for a reason. I just got to push through. And I was kind of always told that. And I just thought, well, that's just how my life is. I just, it's going to make me stronger. So just keep going. Can you kind right, of talk right. about pushing through and, you know, why it's, why it's good to pause and stop and reflect? Yeah, I think pushing, pushing through is great, but I think that there, there comes a point where pushing through looks different than how it's defined sometimes by culture. Uh, sometimes pushing through in culture means play injured. Like I, I remember um, Carrie Strug. I can't remember which Olympics it was, maybe like 96 or something like that. She got injured on her first vault. Like she, it, but it was to get the gold. She got injured on her first vault and, that, and it was everybody, including myself was like, oh no. And in that moment, what's weird now to me is that it was like, okay, Carrie, you can do it. You can be injured and still help us win. Like we want you to get injured worse to get us this gold. That is so weird. Like when I look at it now, that's so wild to me. And we celebrated her getting more injured because, because we won. And I'm in a position now where I'm like, I have to redefine that. I don't want to try to impress everybody and help everybody win and injure myself doing it. So there is a perseverance that doesn't look There's a perseverance that looks like what Simone Biles did this last Olympics, where she was expected to bring everybody the gold, but she was like, I'm going to injure myself trying to make all of you guys great. And so I'm going to take this road that's wild. Like it looks crazy for me to be the best and stop, but that was so that I don't injure myself. Sometimes perseverance looks like that. I love that you brought that up in the book, because that's an example that I think about a lot and and that we all do. She was so brave for doing that. Stacey, can I just ask you 
what can happen? I mean, I don't think we think in, uh, enough about like the the injuries that can happen if we don't stop and pause. I mean, there's so many, I mean, mental health ends up impacting our whole body sometimes and long-term health impacts. It absolutely does. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, mental health is the foundation of human beings, right? On, on a personal level, much probably like the Bible would be the foundation on a religious level. And so if we're not humming along, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, it affects us in every area. It doesn't just affect us mentally. It can affect your productivity at work, your ability to be a good partner. It can even lower your immune system. People who are not doing well emotionally have a tendency to get sicker or sick. And so that's why I think it's so important that we all do a self-assessment and say, how am I doing? And one of the things that Anthony talks about in the book is that um, part of what a lot of us do is we brush things under the rug, right? And then ultimately, you're just going to trip over the lump in that rug. And instead, we want to keep the, lug, the rug as flat as possible and talk about things in a safe space, which is what therapy is, a safe space. Yeah. I think about when you talk about brushing things under the rug, another topic that you guys bring up in the book, which is so important, is toxic friendship toxic relationships. And I think, I think particularly that's a struggle for Christians because we're called to be, to be loving, to love everyone, to always reach out, to always be there. And in me personally, I struggle with this one with people that I feel are probably like you said, Stacey, in the book, if you have to ask if it's a toxic relationship, it, it might be, (laughs) but I guess, Anthony, can you talk to that as a, as a Christian, like I always feel bad. Like, you know, I know it's probably not a good situation, but I don't want to make anyone feel like I don't love them. Right. Well, we are told to forgive. We are told forgive as as you uh, forgive others as you yourself have been forgiven. 70 times seven, turn the other cheek, all that stuff. I get it. And that's biblical and that's beautiful. But guarding your heart is also biblical and beautiful. So I think sometimes in our faith, we get to a point where we take on the savior complex. And by we, I mean, I have done that and I still do it. Then just let me back up one, one second, because my brain does this and I can't help it. Stacy said a second ago that therapy is a safe, confidential relationship. I'm going to say this on every interview we're on. One of us does because I waived my confidentiality to sit here with Stacy and to write this book and to be in all these interviews and tell the world who my therapist is. And I remember at first asking her, she was like, do what? Because it's, that's not what therapists do. So I want everybody listening to know and you to know that this, the only reason we're here is because I signed away that so that Stacy could, could do this, you know? So I just want everybody to know that like, what they just, those who are thinking, why is this happening? <laughs> but um, anyway, I think uh, we are prone to toxic relationships because some, sometimes because of our faith, because of compassion. But one principle that I've learned and worked on a whole lot with Stacy is making sure that you don't become a victim to your own compassion. I have victimized myself by staying in scenarios because I'm like, forgive, 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 but I forget to guard my heart. You don't, uh, you know, you, you don't get bit by whatever, a dog, uh, anything, and then not put parameters up for that not to happen again. That's just what, what, what a, what wisdom would do. I love that. And I guess Stacy, you speaking to that as well, from a therapist standpoint, toxic relationships can do a lot of damage. And to me, I think of, of boundaries, there has to be good boundaries, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, toxic relationships are so significant that they are the only topic that got two chapters in our book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I could probably go on for many, many, many hours about how to best handle these situations. But I'm just want to give everybody who's listening to me now a couple of tips, and then you can just get more in the book. But one of them is, you know, as people of faith, there is that compassion element. And it's not about cutting people out of our lives. It's about minimizing the impact for ourselves. So one of the best ways to do that is to not spend a lot of time with people who are toxic. If you have to spend a lot of time with those people, you want to have as many buffers as possible. Buffers could be other people in the room. It could be that you go to a movie or watch a TV series together. So there's less opportunity for the person to engage in their toxic behavior. And then the other tip that I want to give is a lot of us don't even say, you know, I don't like that. Or could you please stop? We're so busy having compassion for someone that they could literally be throwing insults at us and we just take it. And so just saying something like, you're making me uncomfortable, or can we please lead with kindness? Those are the kinds of things that won't necessarily completely stop the toxic person, but it might put a limit on them behaving in that way. Those are so good. I'm going to have to re-listen and get all those again, but I love the, the buffer idea of always having someone else with you or, you know, the movies or something like that. That is really good. The the other thing that kind of leads into that, I think, is the anger topic that you talked about in the book and leading into, I thought it was interesting because I don't, I don't think about this a lot, but the righteous anger that you even gave some examples, I think, Anthony, of uh, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Um, there, were, there were a couple others, too. Even Jesus, right? Right. right. It, the Bible never says, do not get angry. Right. It says, and sometimes, I, I guess when I think of toxic people, I think into how that can kind of get to us sometimes yeah. and controlling that. But then, you know, thinking about that righteous anger, how do you understand that, Anthony? I think uh, for, for me, understanding the, the side of righteous anger is, is what's happening in me. Am I dealing with it in such a way? Cause, it, cause you always come to this pivotal point in, with anger where it's like, I can go one way or the other. Like I have to, I can just, this could go bad or this could go good. And I think I have to be aware of my emotions, not stuff them down and actually deal with them as they're happening, which is a whole other thing. And then once I get to this road, I'm like, like I currently, I'm like angry at at, at how I've been handling certain, certain relationships and certain things in my life. I have allowed that anger for me to pick up, pick up books, have conversations that I would normally not have. Me and Stacey on a therapy level have met more in the last few months than we have in six years. Yeah, maybe it's the same at the beginning, <laughs> but, but, but that has, it, it's pushed me that way. And it's not all pleasantries and like, I'm going to read a book now. It's, it's been hard to not, but I know that the, that the not righteous side of anger is just going to end in, in things getting worse. So it's literally a conscious decision that you make preemptively because you know what, what could be coming. Do you know what I mean? Like there are some scenarios where I know that something drives me like, okay, for instance, just to be honest, sometimes when I'm in a scenario where I have to share my family 
it can make me very angry. It, it, and that's a, that's a childhood thing of just being in this big ministry family. And I didn't ask for that. And I'm kind of introverted and all this stuff. And I feel like when I'm sharing my family, it's very like, y'all, I need them. I, when somebody interrupts me with my dad, for instance, that drives me nuts. So I have to preemptively set myself up like, okay, I know that this is going to actually make me angry. I'm going to preemptively set myself up. I'm not going to go in that room. I'm going to do, I'm just going to do something else. Or um, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm sorry. I'm like rattling on. Love right? it. <laughs> uh, I, the, the, the anger at that I felt in those scenarios has it to where I now will go spend extra time with my dad alone before we go to an event where people were, would interrupt me. So I don't have the same reaction because I made a decision before this to go sit down with my dad for an hour, knowing that we were going to a conference where I'm not going to be able to talk to him. Oh my goodness. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Stacy. it's almost like you're responding instead of reacting, right? That is exactly the therapeutic phrase. Well, it's in the book. (laughs) Okay. Yes, that's what it is. I got a preview of the book, so. (laughs) Um, Sometimes even I don't remember that phrase. So that was good that you pulled that. It stuck with me. It was so good. Yes. So what we want to do, like reacting is that knee-jerk response. The responding is the stepping back and saying, what are some practical things that I can do? To, to solve this problem. Now, Anthony has figured that one out on his own, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. And Anthony's a great problem solver. But I think it really highlights the kinds of things that a person will learn when they go to therapy. You know, a lot of people wonder, it's like a mystifying experience. It really is somebody presenting a scenario like, I need alone time with my dad, which is fair. Yeah. And then the therapist helping them figure out what can we figure out You know, you're not going to go and have a private conversation while he's preaching to thousands of people. So when can you have that? Yeah. So good. There are so many good nuggets in this book. Um, I'm really excited for people to get this and to, to bless them. Thank you both for sharing some time with us today. Get the book. It is When Faith Meets Therapy. It's available wherever books are sold. And you two are such a blessing for doing this. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.